0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Abbey Khan Show. I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Belinda Agnew, who is one of the biggest badasses in the digital recruitment space. We speak about so much, and she drops a hell of a lot of value, so you guys definitely need to have your notepads and pens ready. We speak about happiness. We speak about mentorship. We speak about finding a mentor. We speak about her journey and overcoming her own obstacles in the recruitment space, but not only that, in the business space as well. You guys are going to absolutely love this one. If you haven't already, I would absolutely love for you guys to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the show a rating. Five stars is always recommended, of course, but if you don't like the show that much, a four and a half, going to be acceptable too. Guys, it helps the podcast grow and it also helps me know that I'm putting out the right content for you guys. But without further ado, please enjoy my chat with Belinda Agnew. You're listening to The Abby Khan Show, a podcast that inspires people to achieve what they once believed was impossible. My name's Abby Khan. I'm an actor, health and fitness coach, and it is my mission to connect with interesting people, share their stories, find out how they optimize their lives for success, and how you can do the same. Belinda Agnew, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, I'm excited to be here.
0: So you are a, firstly known as a massive badass in this industry, so I'm looking forward to the conversation as well, but just for the people that may not know who you are, can you just give us a little bit of the background and what you do?
1: I pretty much help people find the best digital tech talent across APAC, that's like a short kind of sentence i would say because i feel as though if i start going into the nitty-gritty of things people get confused i'm like what does she actually do um so i i run a recruitment agency called focus group um and that essentially finds tech and digital talent across apac so we work with companies like telstra amazon australia mind valley like really big uh digital tech i would say titans in the industry um and we're pretty blessed with the clients that we have. And then what, we also focus on HR tech as well. So we've got an app coming out which is called Workle, Workle Me, uh, which is workle.me uh, on the web. And it's an application built for video CVs. So candidates that can pitch themselves in a video for clients or, or brands to be able to find them or access them in different ways, rather than an actual CV, um, and that's pretty pretty much myself. Yeah, recruitment, HR, tech. That's what I. That's what I would say.
0: <laughs> so I want to come back to that because. I love the concept of a, of a video CV. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Um, it that's shows so much concept, more character yeah. and personality rather than a piece of paper with a lot of scribbles on there. Um, absolutely. But before we get to that, how did a girl from country Victoria get into the digital agency sort of realm? Um,
1: I mean, it's quite interesting because when I uh, moved from a country Victoria, I moved into Sydney, New South Wales. And as you know, from going from country into a city, especially Sydney (laughs) itself, it's a bit full on. So Sydney is like LA, if you've got American um, uh, listeners. Uh, And I would say the country would be more so like Texas country versus Los Angeles. It's a completely different, you know, uh, culture. Um, and dynamic for sure. So when I moved to Sydney, I was very innocent, had no idea about anything, business, Um, you know, was very lost within myself. I was very shy, uh, massive introvert. I still am an introvert, but also an extrovert. Um, But yeah, very, very shy. And uh, what had happened is at the age of, uh, I would say, 16, I think I was around 16, 15, That's when I kind of had a a pivotal uh, moment to myself Um, and I found a mentor and his name was Tony and he was 51 at the time and he was uh, very focused in Forex trading currency world, a a big, uh, you know, titan in business, I would say, in the financial sector and fintech Um, and he pretty much taught me everything that I needed to know about sales because I was like, I wanna make money, I wanna, you know, just get money in the door. Because my mom, you know, she's a single mom, she couldn't support everything that I wanted to do. Um, and he pretty much taught me the basics, right? And at the time I uh, applied for jobs, uh, I ended up applying for this job selling Kirby vacuum cleaners, door knocking on people's homes, selling a $3,500 Kirby vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and it was $700 commission each sale. So that was for me as a kid. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like crazy money. Um, And I was in that job, I would say, for about a year and a half, maybe two um, from memory. Uh, So I pretty much, you know, was always talented in sales. Um, And from sales, I went into a BDM role where I hit into corporate world, and I work for a company called Open Colleges. And open colleges is still a real big um, education model in Australia. Um, you probably see them everywhere, you know, advertised. Um, and I was a BDM. So I was selling uh, courses um, to consumers. And our revenue um, KPI was around 140 to 150000 per month. We had to get into the door per salesperson. Um, and let me tell you, I... Would never show up on time. Never, ever. I was the worst employee. That's when I knew that I could never work for somebody. I was the worst. I don't know how I didn't get fired, to be honest. Um, I got away with murder, literally. Uh, But I still managed to hit my targets. So I was hitting, you know, 200% each month even though I was coming in at like 10 o'clock leaving at like four o'clock going on an hour and a half to two hour (laughs) lunch breaks I mean only when we're allowed 45 minutes so I was literally getting away with murder and that's when I hit politics and I got bullied because obviously everyone knew what I was doing um but I was still managing to hit targets and uh I was bullied out of the company basically I left because I just it was not healthy for me to stay um and I was one of two females, and there was 40 males in our team. So you can only imagine. Um, and then I went into a company, a migration space, which was very similar to education, partnered with this guy called U vision Australia, pretty quickly found out that I was doing all the work, again, a male partner, um, and I pretty much said, look, I'm doing everything, you're getting everything let me just leave let's sign off on this contract so I can be on my own Um, and then his biggest client approached me had coffee and said we want you to work for us I said no let me be involved in a partnership with your brand and let me start my own brand which is what I did Um, and that's when I first started my my business um, in education and then I went into tech after that Long story. I know, very long no, was, story. No, a great story too. So, but that's kind of what happened, yeah.
0: I'm curious, the, the transition from education to tech, was that um, an easy transition or was it quite a, no, no, it a completely it different into, world?
1: It's completely different world, to be really honest with you. It fell into my lap because when I went into uh, education, the strategy was very similar to recruitment so i was in an eight-year relationship in sydney a very long relationship um and the reason why i moved was because a i wanted to have a new change um and b a new change in my career as well so i moved because of my career and my current uh, my past relationship um and that first business that i had didn't fail it just went downhill because we were capped at a certain amount. Mm. So when I went when I moved to, to Melbourne, um I was like, Holy shit, what am I going to do? Do I have to go and apply for jobs again? Do I have to work for someone? And I was really like, Holy shit, this is this is uh I'm not supposed to be an entrepreneur. I'm like I'm I'm not no, this is not happening for me. I've got to go and apply for jobs again. Um and as I was starting to look around in my mind i was like this doesn't feel right and i'm only doing it because i have i don't have any other choices right now so what i did is i went on linkedin this is when i discovered linkedin and i messaged about 50 directors in recruitment and my message was something like hey john uh, just moved uh, into Melbourne, would love to catch up for a coffee to discuss mutual benefits, I'm really interested in the recruitment space, uh, would love to have a chat. That was the pitch. And I think I met about 20 of them. We had coffee. And I managed to close a contract with one of them for two months. And I said, I don't want to be uh, employed by you, I just want a contract where you pay me on a commission. Uh so I went into a company, I'm not going to name this company, but a digital tech recruitment firm. Uh, and I was there for about two months, just under two months, learnt the ropes. And I was like, this seems pretty basic and simple. I can I can do this, you know. Uh, and then I started my own and I fell into tech and digital. And I won Telstra was my first client. It took me three months to win them. And then went into other digital agency firms, other tech firms, startup techs, techs that were coming in from San Fran, Bay Area that wanted to really target the Australian market. Um, And I kind of just grew from there. Uh, And the digital space happened because I was attracting digital agencies based on the content we were producing. Because I didn't want to be the conventional recruitment agency which is what i was doing initially but i ended up pivoting into you know content creation and BD that way which is business development by the way bd is prospecting clients through videos rather than the generic recruitment way
0: so i guess that that sort of brings us back to the initial mention of the app when we're looking at video versus written cvs especially what are the main, aside from the obvious, but what are the main differences there <laughs> with, um, with potential employers seeing people face-to-face rather than just words on a piece of paper?
1: That's interesting. Um, so the short term is when you're recruiting or when you're looking for talent, people usually know within minutes if that person is going to fit or not and as a brand and as a company you have a reputation to hold so when this candidate comes in for an interview you have to sit there anywhere between 30 to 45 minutes even though you know within the first five that they're not going to fit so you still got to sit there and waste that time based on your reputation because you can't just like, look, it's not going to work, bye. Uh, so the video basically um, saves a hell of a lot of time because you can see if they have the the culture for your current culture, if they're going to fit, uh, how they show up, how their tonality, how they present, all of that in a, in a video pitch, which is under a minute. Usually you'd be able to tell. And I always say it's, it's – um, talent over skills uh, or culture over skills. You can teach somebody how to sell. You can teach somebody how to do your job, but you cannot teach attitude. You cannot teach personality. That is who the person is. Even if they have a mask from the very beginning, they will always end up being the true person they are, which is probably not going to fit with your culture. So it's important to um, get some type of, visual aspect um, initially in a video versus a CV. Hard copy, people can just lie, you know, yeah. and they, they bullshit all the time on CVs. Hmm. So the video came about um, through, through the process of us recruiting, and that's when we started Workall, which is a video app.
0: So could potentially an employer, you know, like someone's CV and goes, okay, I want to see a little bit more. Could they basically, I mean, send them, questions to go, okay, we want to see how you go with with these types of questions that you might get in the job, Absolutely. and then they can record that and send that through as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So think of it like Tinder. It's a great example. Mm. Not really like Tinder, but think of it like Tinder. So Tinder usually have images of the person, right? Mm. Whereas the Workle app will have videos. Mm. So you can flick through videos, um, depending on the subscription model that you're on as a client. You can flick through and filter out what you need in a candidate and everyone would come up in videos with a video, a minute of, hey, my name's Belinda, I am blah, 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 XY little pitch of yourself. Then you've got an attached CV and then all your social media links to your profile. And then that way you can filter out what you need. Whereas LinkedIn Recruiter and Seek.com, all they have is a CV and a picture of the person but yeah. there's nothing else attached um and apologies take that back linkedin do not have a cv only seek
0: so i mean what are you, what are your hopes for the app because it's i I'm, i love it already like it sounds super super interesting and, and it sort of is so much more efficient rather than filing through loads and loads and loads of paperwork like you said within a couple of minutes you initially go okay we're gonna like this person. Let's bring in the five top candidates rather than let's have a group meeting. You know, thirty people potentially, and then we'll filter it down. It's going to save a lot of time, a lot of be more efficient.
1: So much more efficient. A lot of people are not there yet. I'll be really honest with you. Mm. Um, video is still a thing that people are against. Um, you know, uh, especially in HR world, it's going to take a lot of. I guess. Of people on board to really change the way that we recruit because you know we have big recruitment agencies like Hayes and Adeco that are still very conventional Mm. and still very old school that the way that they do things. Um, So it will take some time, but however, video is the future for sure.
0: I mean, we only need to look at social media, we only need to look at YouTube, we only need to look at these other platforms where. It's all video based. You get to see so much more of people's personality in, in, in their own sort of element.
1: 100%. It's, it's definitely the future, and people need to adapt very quickly, um, or otherwise, they're just going to fall, mm. it, in, in my opinion. In all recruitment agency world, it's, it's definitely something we need to adapt to. Um, and just time. And you know, the thing is, um, we are selling in a millennial world millennials are taking over and this is the thing that people don't understand it's i get i get that we the old school way probably still works you know it probably does we're still you know turning over money in a, in a old conventional uh, way um but the thing is the future is not that the future is the 21 year old the 25 year old people that we need to sell to that's where the future is going and it's going to be involved in video, social media, you know, uh tech, this is where the future will be. Um and this is why it's important for people to pivot and adapt to that quickly now.
0: No, I couldn't agree more. If we if we're looking at the across the journey coming into tech, I mean you mentioned a couple of times working for male employers or not associates male um associates. Yeah, yeah. So from a female's perspective what are some of the biggest challenges that you came across or that you've potentially still coming across
1: (laughs) do you want the truth no i'm kidding absolutely (laughs) oh god where can i even start i you know (laughs) it's really hard as a female being in a in a male dominant industry um And even in recruitment, you know, I speak to a lot of, uh, you know, females that we recruit for because we, we recruit in the executive space. So we actually had a call. I had an interview with a lady last week. Um, and she literally cried in the interview because she was just so overwhelmed in her position. She was getting bullied, um, by her, her male peers, her colleagues, um, about ideas and things that she would present. So she was always constantly being pushed down and bullied by males because they were like, you're a, you're a female, you stay in the corner. You don't have a voice. We are the decision makers here. Um, you're not from this industry. You just stay in your corner. We don't want to hear from what you have to say. And this is how they would talk to her in in actual fact. And I've heard so many stories about it. Look, it's still still happening. I'm not a feminist, by the way. I I love males as much as I love females. But it's something that people need to be aware of more. Um, And it is happening all the time, especially in corporate world. It's happening all the time. And if you are a female in business dealing with alpha males... As you know, alpha males have massive egos as well. So it's you're gonna you're going to eventually fall into you know things that you probably won't be comfortable with. Um, so I guess it's just you know having thick skin and and showing tough love and showing up where you need to to show up and not taking everything literal as well. I think a lot of women. Because we're so feminine, um, and we obviously feel emotions more than males, um, we can get tied up in in being emotional to what they say to us and how they make us feel. Versus, uh, versus, I would say, you know, not being that alpha female. So I think what I'm trying to say is, it's very hard being a female in a male dominant industry, but also you need to when you show up in a a meeting or show up in a business um, world with males, you need to know why you're there and know, I've lost lost my words here. I'm trying to think of a a good politically correct way to say this because I don't want to offend anybody. (laughs) Um, I think in the end it's, you need to be confident with what you're showing and I guess how you're putting yourself up um, against these males. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm going to be politically correct with this because um, I had a similar interview around this topic and I had a couple of listeners uh, listen to what I had to say. And I think people do get offended by, you know, the truth. Um, And the truth is it is very hard being a female in a male dominating industry. That's the truth.
0: Yeah, But you
1: need to adapt. mm. Adapt to what's in front of you.
0: Yeah. And I I think it's interesting what you just sort of said there is oftentimes when people ask us, I think, for advice, they they don't really want our opinion. They want us to be able to just tell them what they already believe to make them feel good. But in reality, the the truth isn't what they want to hear, but it's also probably what they need to hear. And that's where they're going to see the most growth as well.
1: Correct. Yes. Look, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard, as you know.
0: Mm. Yeah. So... If there is a a female out there listening to the show, and and they want to take that next step in their own business or start their own business, how how do you? What does that conversation look like to them initially? How to be that strong female in business? I,
1: I just think being a strong female in business, I, I don't really, I don't like that word. Okay. I don't think it's like a. I don't think it's being strong or, or dominant or an alpha. Mm. I truly believe females have so many gifts to, to show than be dominant. You don't need to be a dominant female to win in mm. business. Um, fem, being feminine is much more than being an alpha. So uh, I truly believe uh, if I was to give advice, I don't know what kind of question this is, but if I was to give advice to a female coming to me, and saying, hey, I'm lost at the moment, I want to start this business and I don't know where to start, what do I do, where do I go, who do I speak to, is find yourself a mentor. Um, that's my biggest advice because you want to be able to surround yourself with people that are doing the things that you want to do um, so you're able to, to go with that and grow with that. But in saying that, don't come across fake in the industry. Um think a lot of females put these masks on to to hide them them true selves and they think that you need to be a certain way to win in business you know people relate to you as a person and if you're going to keep that mask on for say 12 months it's going to eventually come out in the end anyway and people always know who you are in the end so it's important to be yourself from the the get-go and stay true to to who you are
0: so, if we are looking at that, I guess that truth and staying um, true to your authentic self, how do you think about creating content to sort of back that up? How are you thinking about putting things out there, whether it's on social media or otherwise, to keep authentic in this in this sort of industry where you know it's quite easy to be influenced by other people doing cool things or things that you potentially want to do?
1: For the business or for your personal brand? Personal. Personal brand. Mm. Okay. Um, I, I truly believe that you can follow a lot of uh, influential people in the industry and get caught up to what they're posting and what what's working for them. Just because what works for them, it doesn't mean that's going to work for you. You are completely two different people and two different brands. Um, and... In the end, as I said, you will always be exposed to whom you truly are. So you really, really, truly, I truly mean this, and it's so basic, but a lot of people are not doing it. You truly need to be authentic from the get-go, truly. And the more you're authentic and the more vulnerable you are as a person in your personal brand... The more people are going to relate to you as a person because in the end people buy you they don't buy what you're selling they buy into you based on your story and trust so you need to be vulnerable you need to be authentic and as much as you think that you know they don't see that people see everything you know it's called intuition (laughs)
0: yeah no i love what you said there about eventually you will be exposed and i think it's so easy to get to get lost by looking at people who who i guess you kind of look up to and you want maybe what they've got that lifestyle and you essentially try to mimic everything that they do and you forget about yourself
1: most of it's not true anyway Mm. you know and people think it's it's like oh my god like how is she killing it and how is she you know showing up and how is she so confident? You know, and I get questions like that all the time. It's like, how are you so confident? Why are you just such a, why are you killing it in this industry? It's like, I'm not confident. I'm really not. I am confident with what I do and say, but I'm truly not a confident person. You know, um, I still have my insecurities like everybody. It's still very hard for me to show up in front of a camera and and do podcasts like this and do interviews and be exposed. Um, but I do it because I, I need to expose myself and be vulnerable to my listeners as well. So, yeah, don't, don't get caught up in that. Nobody, nobody has their shit together. It's, it's, it's the truth. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you will be happier as
0: well. I think it's a nice segue into when we look at happiness as, a, as an overall context is how are you creating that happiness within, within your whole life, whether it comes to business and personal, like how are you creating that, that life of fulfillment? And what is that for you as well?
1: I think it's just grounding yourself. You know, um, what I mean by that is if you get lost and caught up in, in the facade of business and, and the, the flashy things, the money, the, the success, Um, your head tends to just grow over time and sometimes you can get caught up in that. So sometimes it's important to ground yourself, find something that will ground you. For me, it's my mom. She kind of brings me down to earth, you know, a lot. (laughs) So I would just call my mom or catch up with my mom and, and talk about nothing to do with business. It would just be random topics or my best friend. She never talks about business as well. She's very um, humble, as well as my mom. So those are the two people that really just ground me and bring me back to to earth. Um, so find things and pick things that ground you. It could be, not, it couldn't be um, not just a person. It could be a book. It could be a podcast. It could just be going for a walk or going to a local cafe and just sitting there and not being on your phone and looking around to where you are as well and just kind of ground yourself like, okay, I'm in a cafe, there's a table next to me, I'm having this breakfast, I'm having this coffee and just realizing what's, you know, around you, which is being present. So finding um, a thing that can ground you. Happiness for me would be uh, true happiness is, it's difficult because I would say two years ago I would always be talking about business and success and, and this is the next venture I want to do and this is where I want to see myself in my career and my business. But true happiness is now that I would say right now in this moment, it's all internal work. And funny, funny thing is, I don't know if you know by a guy called Danny Morell, He's actually a friend of mine. You should follow him on Instagram. He's a, he's a really great – he's doing great things in business. He's incredible. And uh, he said to me uh, – we had a Zoom call, I think it was yesterday or the day before. And he made a really good point. He said, there's three types of males in this world. The first male is an alpha male, which is the one that is driven by success and by power. And they will truly never love someone because their love is within the, the success and the money of having that power. The second male is a beta male, which is a female in a male's body. So as you know, they're very emotional. They're very you know, attached to things, um, very needy. And then the third male is a true alpha male. And the true alpha male is someone that you know has the, the drive, the ambition and all of that, but also um, is humble and, and comes from their, most of their decisions are made from their heart and they've worked on themselves internally, uh, not just externally. Whereas alpha males are all external and true alpha males are all in internal and external. So what I'm trying to say is it, true happiness always comes from your inner self, not the external, because that's just all a facade. In the end, you're not going to be happy with that. You'll always be happy with who you truly are internally, you know, buying a car and buying a, you know, a mansion and, and jewelry and, you know, designer stuff, you're happy for a moment, but that will eventually go.
0: Yeah. And you'll never quite have enough. You'll you're always fine. want more things. You'll always want more You'll money. never
1: be content. Hmm. You'll never be content. You know, this, you know, that time, you know, when you said to yourself, I'm sure you have, You've said, Oh, I can't wait until I just make like 500,000 or 150,000 a year. And I'm, you know, that's it. I'm going to be set. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that. And then when you make it, you're like, Fuck, that's like nothing. Your expenses just get larger, right? And you just keep chasing and chasing and chasing. And then you make a million. It's like, Fuck, a million's nothing. And then you make like 2 million. You're like, Shit. You know, your overheads just keep getting higher and higher as you grow and as your business grows.
0: So are you, you using any, any tools, any tactics to stay focused, to stay driven and, and, and sort of forget the noise and sort of shelter yourself away from that?
1: Uh, within the pandemic, you mean?
0: Just in, ge- just in general, how are you staying so, so focused, so driven, even though you were aware of these things, obviously there's the materialistic things that are nice and things, but how are you able to sort of cancel that out and stay focused on that internal happiness?
1: Internal happiness, yeah. Um, I I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I I do meditate, not as often as I would like, but I do. Kind of, you know, put my phone aside for a second, just really listen to how I'm feeling in that moment, um, and I truly go with the way I feel. I don't get caught up with the media or people's opinions as much as I used to. Um, and the way that I think if I'm in a moment that is really shitty I always say to myself this is temporary it's a temporary thing it's going to be over you know and like Bob Proctor said in the um, YouTube video I watched on the weekend he said uh, he meant super aware he was like this pandemic he's like this is just a moment that everybody's going through but it doesn't dictate to where you're going to be in the end it's not going to change anything this is just a a one to two year thing you know it's not going to you you're not going to be this in the end and it's always going back to your thoughts um of Eckhart Tolle do you know Eckhart Tolle the the power of now the book yeah Yeah. so he talks about thoughts and everybody living in living in their actual thoughts and what's going to happen and if that happens then what what am I going to do um, that's just a thought in the end and it's not the the actual truth. So you need to listen to the present moment and what you're actually doing within this this now rather than thinking about, oh, my God, there's a pandemic. Oh, my God, I've lost 100K in the bank. Oh, my God, this employee is not performing. What am I going to do? You know, you're just living in in thoughts that are not actually happening. So you need to really just bring it back to the present moment and think about what you're going to do within that present moment rather than your actual thoughts. Because it's not real. It's not real.
0: I wanted to, um, I'm intrigued actually on any routines or habits that you might actually have to, to sort of optimize your own success. If we're looking at the first sort of 60, 90 minutes of your day, what does that look like?
1: play a ton of music in the back love if that. I'm really honest <laughs> it does hype my day up um, I'm a massive music fan I love rap so I either have rap like Drake or something like heavy rap in the back um, or Spanish music or I have Gary V in the back swearing <laughs> like wake the fuck up like you fucking little bitch <laughs> You know, like, just in the back. No, they're, they're kind of my daily habits, so it's the truth. I think everybody has the generic habits of, like, wake up at 5 a.m., go for a run, and then read a book, and then kind of start their day like that. My, I think it, it, this is the problem where people go wrong. Everybody works differently. Just because that person is waking up at 5 a.m. and starts his day at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. and trains at 3 a.m. in the morning, it doesn't mean that you got to fucking do it. You know, that just, that's not going to work for you. My day starts at 9. I don't start work until, say, 10 sometimes. But I finish my day really late at, like, midnight because that's the time where I am most creative and the time where most of my ideas come to life versus in the morning. So you just need to stick to what works for you, playing music in the background, playing a Gary Vee in the background. That works for me most meditation and and walking and you know reading books in the morning you know eating healthy and all of that as well but it's not my routine my routine is doing things that makes me happy and hypes me up you know I want to be hyped
0: every day every day just be hyped as hell what are what other things that um get you hyped so obviously we've got music in the background is there anything else that you do just uh when you wake up just to get that hype happening
1: um, meetings with you know my my team and and talk about you know what's happening for the day and get myself hyped that way Um, daily daily habits are you know even the small things going to the local coffee shop and grabbing a coffee from the same person from the owner having that small conversation that makes my day but um, it always comes back to internal as a as a um, PT for yourself It also comes back to health and, you know, um, feeding yourself, you know, feeding your brain also, but also feeding yourself right, you know, um, to be healthy. I'm actually vegan. I'm 100% plant-based. I eat fish here and there, but I have been vegan for about six years now. So um, it wasn't for health reasons. It was for, for animal reasons initially, but being vegan has changed my life dramatically. My mindset, my, my body, my everything. I would never go back to not being vegan. So just little things like that. Um, you know, I don't eat animal products. Um, and everything is just tofu and veg, pretty much. <laughs> that's what I live on. <laughs> but that's kind of my daily routine is I, I eat healthy. I try and eat as as healthy. Um, I do my, my daily walks, my daily team catch-ups, um, and ground myself as much as possible because sometimes you can get caught up in the fast life as well. By speaking to those key people in your life that will humble you, um, like my mum, my best friend, uh, yeah, just things like that. I don't really, I don't, I don't really have the the daily things that other people would say. You know, I wake up at five AM and train and read a book and those crazy things. Yeah. That's just not me. I tried that. Doesn't work for me.
0: What are a couple of the biggest lessons you've you've learned from yourself by building your own business?
1: From myself, oh, you got to have the grit. Okay. Yeah, that's massive. If you don't have the grit, then it's pretty hard to keep a business. Start a, starting a business is easy super easy anyone can start a business but keeping the business and sustaining a business growing a business you need to have grit so I've I've learned that I definitely have the grit to do that the amount of times I've failed I cannot tell you the amount of money I've lost I cannot tell you Um, but those the grit that I've had had kept me you know in business um, and will keep me in business forever
0: is that something you... you have a grit. Have you always had that grit? Or has it only come about no. really with the, the industry and the company and stuff that you're in now?
1: Uh, I've always had the grit since I was, I would say, 17, mm. for sure. Um, probably had it before then. I just didn't see it. It took me a while to, to see that. But it, it, takes a, it takes a different personality and a different type of upbringing as well for, for somebody to have that grit, if I'm honest. You're mm. not born with it. Um, you can teach somebody to have a grit, uh, but you can't keep them to have that type of grit. It really takes a certain upbringing for somebody to have that type of grit. For me, single mom, yeah. I had to hustle, mm. right? Come from a poor family, had no choice. So it, it really takes a type of person to have that.
0: Who would you say your biggest inspiration has been? And what is that... A couple of the lessons that you learnt from that, that inspiration?
1: Somebody that I know or somebody that I don't know.
0: Either or. whatever's Whatever sort of feels right for you.
1: My biggest inspiration would be Kris Jenner, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, a lot of people are not a fan of her, um, which I can understand. But she's just a, an amazing businesswoman. I mean... She's just incredible. Yep. Her moves are, yeah,
0: mm.
1: out of this world. Um, Chris is is definitely a woman that I would love to sit down with and pick her brain for a day, for sure. Mm. Um, I don't really have huge inspirations in business. I mean, I do follow a lot of people in business, but I wouldn't say I, I sit there and I am inspired by, you know, the way that they do things. I think... You know, I'm inspired by what I do, and I'm inspired by how I do things. But if I was to look up to someone, it would be Chris Jenner or Elon Musk. Mm. Yeah, Elon's just on a different level. He's like not—he's not meant to be here in our time. (laughs) He's on a different different planet,
0: and that's where he's going to be. He's on a
1: different planet. (laughs) He he, literally—he—he will be. Isn't he going to Mars or something crazy like that? Um, He's trying to build something over there. But uh, yeah, yeah, Elon or um, Chris. But there's, there's so many. I mean, Jeff Bezos is also a titan. He's, he's amazing. Mm. Gary is very good at marketing and digital side. You know, he's taught me a lot. Um, there's so many. Yeah. Mm. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm truly inspired, though, on a daily.
0: Okay. Is there a particular book that you've read or an interview that you've seen that had, a I guess, a profoundly positive impact on your life that you recommend people should check out?
1: Funny enough, I don't really read books a lot. Mm. Okay. Isn't that strange? Audio book yeah, or podcast potentially? Yeah, yeah I, I do listen to a lot of audios, like podcasts and stuff like that. Um, there was one that recently I listened to was Bob Proctor, because um, Bob Proctor lives by the book Think Rich and Grow Rich. Think
0: and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill.
1: Napoleon Hill, yeah, yeah. that's the one. Um, and I've actually got that over here I'm trying to I'm trying to read it but <laughs> it takes a lot of time and effort <laughs> for me to read and focus on one thing um, so what I tend to do is I just listen to the interview so I listen to Bob um, he did an interview with a young lad I can't recall the, the actual interview but just type in Bob Proctor on YouTube you'll, you'll see but he really talks about manifestation and imagining where you need to be and about the subconscious versus the conscious mind and Everything lives in the, the subconscious and, you know, if you're not fully um, aware of that, you can fail or not really do what you want to do. Um, so imagining where you want to be and really imagining that is, uh, is pretty much success. I mean, you need to imagine where you need to be. But Bob, Bob Proctor, I'm a massive fan of him right now, I would say. He's someone that I'm listening to a lot.
0: So people should absolutely check he's, out Bob Proctor. Yeah, I've I've followed him for a while, and he's, he's, he's brilliant. Like he's absolutely brilliant.
1: He's he's amazing, isn't he? I hmm. mean,
0: he's like what is he? Sixty? Yeah, maybe even older. He's an old guy.
1: He he might be even seventy. I think. I don't even know. He's he's pretty old, but he's been <laughs> around. That's why I love him. Hmm. He's been around. He's done a lot. Yeah, right. Bob Proctor.
0: We've uh we've touched on a a lot of different things and. If we were to sort of sum them up to two to three different, or two to three really takeaway points that people can implement in their lives today, what would that be?
1: Coming up with the questions, my brain needs to think about this stuff. <laughs>
0: have some more coffee. It's okay. Take it's your time. It's too early. It's like
1: twelve o'clock, and this is already early for me. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Uh, three things. Three things. Uh, first thing is uh, really important. One, you don't need to be an entrepreneur or a business owner to make good money and still be happy. This is this is the reason I say that is because a lot of people are so caught up in being a business owner and entrepreneur. When, in actual fact, you don't need to do that. I actually spoke about that in, in an interview. I said, if I didn't have the personality I had today, I would definitely go work for an amazing brand and grow with that brand. So don't get caught up in this this world of being an entrepreneur and a business owner that, you, that you're that you going to be someone because you don't need to do that. Um, second thing is uh, money is, isn't everything, but money is everything. And what I mean by that, <laughs> is money isn't the only thing, but money gives us the tool, the tools to do the things that we want to do in our lives, personally and professionally. So when people say money isn't everything, they say that because they probably haven't tasted enough money to be able to to utilize the things that they want to do in their life. But yeah, money isn't everything, but money is everything. Uh, The third thing would be um, work on your on your on your inner self. A lot of people are just so caught up in this external life of materialistic shit, and you know, putting themselves in debt and credit cards, and you know, trying to keep up with a the lifestyle they can't afford. Um, you know, don't get caught up in that life. It's it's not a good life to be in. I was in that life, you know, when I was young. It was fun for a second, but it's not sustainable. Um, so just be careful where you put your money cash flow is king you know it really is and know where your cash goes um it's super important get a good accountant um in my opinion someone that can manage your money and keep you accountable for that and uh work on your internal self then more than your external self um it's super important super super important
0: And I wanted to uh, to ask you what's what's next for you and for the crew over at Focus. What are you, what are you guys working on? Obviously, there's the app. But is there anything else that's big coming up?
1: Um, so there's an app, uh, Workle, which is a video CV that's going to launch um, hopefully this month. Um, we've got a website. It's called Workle.me. If you want to check it out and subscribe to the newsletters that it, that is coming out for when the app launches. Um. So Secondly, there's focus group. Um, we're not going to grow to a huge corporate company. We're going to keep very boutique. I would say 30 people. That's kind of where our max is at. We don't want to be the, the huge agency style. We want to be known for a certain niche. Um, and then Higher Pay is actually a really good brand that I have recently gone on the board of. Higher Pay is a fintech company where you hire talent and pay later. It's a great concept it's actually growing faster than afterpay if you guys know afterpay they launched in october and they're doing incredible things um soon to be actually on uh, the australian stock exchange by hopefully the end of this year so um, go check them out for any recruiters that are listening or anybody that's looking for talent that can't afford especially in this pandemic um, they allow you to pay on payment options um, you know, in a, in a 12 month period or a 24 month period instead of paying the 40,000 upfront recruitment fees. Um, and that's pretty much it at this point. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say, you know, there's too much happening excitingly at this point. I'm just, you know, keeping momentum, keeping strong and healthy and, and safe. Um, oh, and I will say lastly, uh, please, guys, mental health is a thing. It's a thing check in on your peers, check in on your friends, your family often. It's so important, you know, so, so important this time. So please do that. Just want to make that aware.
0: (laughs) No, I think that's a great note to to almost finish on. But lastly, where can people find you though and check you out and see what you're doing?
1: Uh, So you can check me out on IG. It's Belinda Agnew Original. Uh, LinkedIn is just Belinda Agnew and that's A-G-N-E-W and it's Belinda not Melinda with a B <laughs> uh, and you can email if you guys want to collab or have any questions about anything please feel free to email will at uh, focus.com.au so that's W-I-L-L at focus with a double C so dot scomau
0: and all of those will be linked in the show notes below Bell, thank you so much for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you Thank you so much. That's a wrap,
1: Thanks, mate.